Hi, I'm Joel. And I'm Kishan. And this is Tea for Two. This is our BFF podcast where we talk about anything from science to popular culture, the arts, and life in Singapore. We don't give a fuck, give a fuck, give a Hi, fuck. Hi, everyone. It's me, Joel, a playwright and performer. And it's me, Kishan, a science educator. And welcome back. <laughs> T for two. Mm. It is our best friend podcast where we talk about whatever the forlorn. Forlorn, forlorn. Hey, this is a particularly potent word for me, uh, Why is that? Why is that the case? <laughs> because la? sister is a bit depressed, lah. Sister, no, you're very depressed. Yeah, I'm girl. a bit I'm depressed. Yeah. I'm depressed. Let's just call it. I'm depressed. Yeah, but yeah. it's important to name it. You know. Yeah, yeah. Name the fear. No, yeah. Name the demon. Name the demon. Yeah. It's then like it's after like, you can vanquish. Yes, right? it's like in the exorcist. It's charm. It's charm. It's, charm. <laughs> it's the exorcist. Yeah. It's a certain kind of like uh, Christian demonology. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Something good came from. <laughs> yeah. So actually, what's the name of your depression? Wow, I don't know, lah. Agnes. Uh, Agnes sounds uh, very blah, very um, chef's kiss. Can yeah. you hear me chewing gum? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> wow, hmm. person don't like misophonia Just giving it oh, all to yeah, us yeah. <laughs> Giving sorry. it all to L- us let me, let me take this gum out of my mouth Sorry, <laughs> dear listeners Um, I, yeah, I, I, I'm sorry to hear you're depressed Oh no I mean, obviously I know, I what, mean, I know it, is, it is a lot It is yeah. what it is And I mean, I guess this sort of accounts for Partly accounts for why we haven't been recording a lot lately Yeah Like, I mean, I, I think I've been going through it. You've been going through it. Yeah. Mercury is in retrograde. Yeah. I feel like everyone is going through it. Yeah. This it's is not at all to diminish what you're going through. No, no, I'm no, just no. like, it's yeah. just, it's a difficult time. It's just a lot for everybody. It's just particularly potent for me uh, this this season, mm. you know? So, so yeah. So it has affected the frequency. But also like, this podcast is, you know, sometimes when I'm feeling a little bit like, down or whatever all these negative feelings I'm feeling now, I, I sometimes look to the pox, podcast and go like, you know what? That's actually a great place to let off some steam mm. uh, not just to be jokey about it but actually to also talk about whatever the hell that's you know preoccupying my mind right and just let it be therapy lah. right yeah because it, it's yeah, just you, nice you've said this a number of times yeah it literally is therapy yeah. Yeah. I, I on the other hand right have never had that relationship with this podcast what are you talking about no I don't use this podcast like I, I mean like I, I just don't see it as a, a therapizing form but there are many times where you've come on here and you've rent. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, it just become a form of like a, an opportunity or platform for you to put into words what you're feeling. Is that not a sort of therapy? Let me put it to you, Kisha, <laughs> that I don't need a podcast to rant. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, if anybody who knows me well enough knows that, it's like, true. I can't just I can go off like that. Yeah, you know, use like um, the bus in the chain, bus in the chain, like MRT, I've actually had I've rented during sex before. So what? Yeah, and like you know, the, sexy, I the one place sexy. I don't rant is in therapy. Ah, uh, because yeah. you because you have your field everywhere. Else. Correct, correct. <laughs> also, I feel like I like hmm, no, maybe I should present something a bit more right refined to my therapist. Maybe, so maybe. I, I I give her a lot of process thoughts. Wow. Yeah, so yeah. you perf- you perform lah? I perform for my therapist. Girl. I desperately want her to like me. <laughs> I thought like want her to be. I want to be her favorite client. Now, my God, <laughs> I know. This, this is not healthy, this right? This is like some sort of childhood trauma in the classroom coming, yeah. coming to, to manifest itself in your mid-30s. Yeah. We've actually recorded a number of episodes oh that we haven't God. released. But like, like yeah. most of them just haven't been good enough. It, no, uh, because like, I'm, I'm, we actually recorded one epi- uh, an episode maybe like that we were going to release maybe about a month ago or something. And yeah. like when I listened, I mean, That's first right. of all, the audio was a bit corrupted. But then when I mm. reflected on it, it was Such just... Such a shame. You know, because we would end up talking about things like the decosh thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, which you said made you feel uncomfortable. Yeah, because I feel like I don't particularly what? want to wade into it. Because more of influencer bullshit? Yeah, because yeah. it's like, I've been in a in a state, right, where I have been actively averting my gaze from life in Singapore. Then to record the episode, I had to kind of like re- re-look at Singapore, right, and then surface my head above the ground. And then what's the first thing I see? It's all this fucking influencer bullshit. Yeah, there's, a, there's like, too much. Like, so like, gonna one times decosh. Yeah. One times, see sure, getting divorced. Yeah. <laughs> one times, don't know what shit, all these influencers. And then, just, and then I'm suddenly now, like, aware to a kind of heightened degree that we are actually surrounded by influencers. I think we should actually record an episode one day where we just, like, talk about people's fascination with, with, with influencers. Girl, yes. It's like, who, who are these people influencing? Then we go through the influencers, not this influencer. Wait, are we influencers? I don't think. Who are we influencing? 
Sheng Xiong still haven't given us a deal. You, you, you must influence something, or you must influence a product. Usually that's what it is, right? We're not influencing anything. I, I hate to comment put it, below. <laughs> no, I kind of hate to put it to you that I think we might be, you know. Ew. You know how many people have come up to us at the gay clubs and bars going like, uh, am I Uniqlo gay? <laughs> and then like, so I feel like we have a, we have a very small and pernicious circle of influence. Pernicious? <laughs> I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed of it. No, I think we are definitely not influencers because the one thing, I don't think the so. one thing that we try to influence people on, right, is what like get the campaign to get people to fuck us in the ass, <laughs> <laughs> which is ongoing, by the way. But like the one thing we put out into the universe, <laughs> hoping to change some minds, right? Don't have never, never. Yeah. So I mean, just you know, just a bit of housekeeping. We're just yeah. Doing the housekeeping, Bell. Correct. Housekeeping. We resurface this campaign. Yeah, the campaign to fuck Kisha and I in the ass. Yeah. It's ongoing. Yeah. It's of public concern. Correct. It's of some um national urgency. I was gonna say. <laughs> it's of some urgency. I mean, if you would like to contribute to this campaign in any way, yeah. Um, yeah. We, we don't have Patreon pitch. We don't. But, but we, just, have we have this. A, we have DMs. <laughs> just slide into our DMs. Yeah. And then some. Yeah. And then some. Mm. Basically, today the interview is concerning the T forty two thing. T four two. Ah, sure. T T four two. Yes. Yeah. T four two. Yeah. Oh, I thought T forty two because no. the okay. No, no, it's like T for two people. So, yeah. Okay. So, uh, I think your team has spoken to you about it. So it's really today. Ah, uh, it's really about whether the podcast is appropriate or not, lah. Uh, from a ministry point of view. Okay. So basically, uh, that that's why we are here today, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I want to say upfront uh, also uh, that uh, government stand is quite clear. Uh, ministry, uh, we are quite neutral about the LGBT issue. Uh, so uh, I think you are you are in ministry before, right? So you should mm. know our position. Um, but I just want to make clear uh, is, uh, is that we have no problem with LGBT issue. Just in case you have a different understanding. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah, so uh, maybe we start the interview first by you give some background uh, why you decide to make the podcast. Right. Uh, so the reason for doing the podcast. La. Uh, so the reason why we wanted to do the podcast was there was uh, during the pandemic and we were cooped up at home uh, under lockdown and my best friend uh, and your, I... Your best best friend, is it? Yeah, my, my, my best friend, yes. Uh, we've been best friends friend. for... For too long, like 12 to 15 years, something like that. <laughs> um, so we decided to set up the podcast. Uh, Joel Joel approached me. Joel is your best friend? Joel is my best friend, yeah. yeah. He approached me and actually said that, hey, why don't we do something like a podcast? You know? mm-hmm. And he said, oh, you can talk about science. And then he, he said that he would talk about arts and culture and society. So I was like, okay, this is interesting. Why not? We had really nothing to do. So we bought all the technology. We learned how to do... The, the setting up and everything and we decided to do a podcast it was literally out of boredom uh, so basically it's a pandemic pandemic yeah it really was a the pandemic, pandemic project, project. Uh, and yeah. uh, Josh approached you to set up the podcast uh, Joel 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 jo- Joel yeah Joel, Joel, Joel. approached yeah. you to set up the podcast so it's for fun la. yeah it's okay, wait, wait, hold on let me yeah Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. literally for fun. We learned the technology. We decided what content we wanted to put up. I will do the science, like I said, because I'm a science educator. And Joel. So will is it your George? Is your best friend for ten um, years? His name is Joel. Ah, Joel. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. He's he's my f- best friend. How for to spell J O E L? J O E L. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, you got his name. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, okay. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So. We've been friends for wow! I can't remember the year. It's since the first year of university, la, That's the most accurate so way I can know, put it. So you know, know each other since the university. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um. So don't mind me asking. Uh, are you uh, like boyfriend girlfriend? Girlfriend. Like, are you in a like the relationship? Uh, no, 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 no. Joel is um a man, and we are most definitely not in a relationship. Um. Uh, both of us uh, uh, would not be compatible. Uh, we're, just, we're just best friends. I don't think a relationship will work out. We're quite different people. <laughs> okay, so not relationship. Uh, not boyfriend, girlfriend. Okay. Mm. So uh, I understand that uh, from, uh, I think uh, from your principal, I think I spoke, uh, I've spoken to you and you mentioned that uh, you are very into the LGBTQ. Is that correct? Um, 
So I'm going to answer that question with another question. Uh, why does it matter? Uh, okay, so you're answering with a question. Uh, um, actually, this kind of thing, whether you want to answer or not, is uh, up for your choice. Uh, sure, yeah, yeah. It's just for context uh, for the interview only. Um, it doesn't mean that... Um, you know, because you don't want to answer that there's a, that we have an issue with it, huh? uh, because uh, actually maybe we are, actually we understand there's uh, something quite private. Yeah, so I think I will keep it private. Mm, okay. So earlier this week, um, the Ministry of Education conducted this little town hall session, which, which they do. You know, these town hall sessions are usually conducted once or twice a year and it's basically an opportunity for senior management to uh, meet with staff from HQ en masse mm. you know in like some sort of lecture theatre or like auditorium or whatever and the staff gets to ask senior management questions of all sorts of things you know related to policy la, HR staff whatever it's basically you know like, like what the name what, what brand of like toilet cleaner they're using ah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> correct correct hey why the, the pantry no more coffee ah? uh, really from, from these kind of questions to like right up there policy questions all right. sorts of things and I mean, these town hall sessions are great. When I was in HQ, I've, I've been to a couple, and I, like I said, it happened like once or twice a year, and I, I usually always go because it's such a great opportunity to actually see them and to ask them questions directly. Mm. You get some sort of assurance, you get um, this some level of accountability, especially if the questions are tough ones. So it's good, lah, you know, it's good, and I'm glad that we have them, and I, I do hope that all ministries have them, but like I said, I only know about the Ministry of Education. Now, apparently, in this particular town hall Which happened, what, two weeks ago did you say? Uh, about, about last week, two weeks ago, around okay, there yeah. um, uh, there, was, there were particularly difficult questions That were asked by the staff About uh, the LGBTQ issue in schools uh, Especially in light of the repeal of 377A Which happened last year What repeal? What repeal? <laughs> <laughs> Amnesia Bell <laughs> Huh? Got me? Huh? Ah, got Some, sometimes it feels like that lah. Yeah. No. Yeah, got me. Yeah, really. <laughs> but people did ask lah. And the reason I got wind of this is because several folks, you know, told me about it. And I think they, they, they told me that, the, that questions were asked because, I mean, I'm, I'm a gay teacher. I'm out about it. I'm out about my sexuality. <laughs> did you gay. just I'm, vomit? No, because you were like, I thought you were going to say I'm a gay. I'm, <laughs> I'm also a gay. A gay. <laughs> Okay, you're out gay teacher. Yeah, I mean, out oh, gay you're teacher. You're a unicorn, eh? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it seems like... I can count on one hand maybe the number truly, of out gay teachers. Truly, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm out in the sense that I'm out here on the podcast. Yeah. I'm out on my Instagram, uh, which is why I don't let anybody just be on my Instagram. Yeah. And if anybody asks me, I'll just say point blank. Like, and you're out you there in like, the streets. I'm you're <laughs> out there in the streets. You're hitting the clubs. I'm hitting the clubs. You're shaking your booty. I'm shaking my booty. Mm. Uh, yeah, as and when. Like, as and when. As and when. As and when. As and when. As when. As and when. Okay, yeah, yeah, sorry. So, so, I thought like, you know, that, so they thought it would be good for me to know that, oh, these questions were being asked. And mm. yeah, I mean, all in all, when I, I feel heard, like you become the union leader. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the gay oh teacher union leader. You careful, you careful. Oh my God. Yeah. That's not, I don't think there's don't a lot of uh, good history with unions in there. <laughs> huh? Got me? <laughs> yeah, got me is good. Maybe there's mayor. a queer chapter of NTUC. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Actually, there is a Singapore Teachers Union. I know very little about it. Is he? Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> okay. Sorry, sorry. Do, do continue. <laughs> so for me, when I heard that this was being asked, I was like, oh my god, that's amazing. Um, that, you know, uh, staff was questioning, the staff were questioning uh, senior members about this issue. And so, like, I heard that it was upvoted to a moderate degree. I don't know how much, I don't know what moderate means, but it was just upvoted, which to me is even better because it shows that people are curious, you know, and they want to perhaps find out what is happening and they want some tangible movement on this issue. Uh, historically, it hasn't been great in Singapore, like teachers and uh, queer teachers being out and open hasn't been, th- th- it's just not been great. Mm. Like we can only think of one, one other person I know of who's actually been out and proud. Otto about, Fong. Uh. Yeah, who's been out and proud. I know he's kicked gay. out of the system. Yeah, and then got yeah. kicked out of the system. Um, of course, here we have to be careful. Like he resigned. He resigned. Like, he, he resigned. resigned but there was a lot of pressure. pressure. Yeah, there was a lot yeah. of pressure. And it happened in 2007, I believe. Yeah. Which was the time during um Dolian. Yeah, correct. And, oh, the, and the parliamentary debates. Correct, where yeah. the repeal was first put up, right? Yeah. yeah. So it was not it was not great. It was not a good time for him. It was a super, super brave thing for him to do. And he said that he did it because for him there was no opportunity for his kids 
to get the support that they needed. And mm. they said that there's nothing there for them. So he wanted to show some support by being an out and proud teacher mm. in school, which I thought was really, really nice. You know, but yeah, la, he was out and proud on a blog post and apparently got t- t- uh, it got taken down two days later. And in a public statement by the ministry, they said um, it does not condone uh, any open espousal of homosexual values by teachers in any form. Teachers are in a unique position of authority and are often seen as role models by their students. So this was from the newspaper. Mm. So basically, teachers are role models. We don't condone any sort of this sort of uh, alternative lifestyle, blah, blah, blah. Teachers are in a unique position of authority, all this sort of stuff. Mm. Which is really a uh, shame. So that was actually sort of like the last major public, public statement they made about the issue. Yeah. And this was in 2007. Exactly. Right? So it's been a while back, but I think it's cast a pretty long shadow, shadow. Yeah, on um, on how queer people ought to behave in schools, queer mm. teachers especially. So even with the repeal that happened last year, uh, repeal of 377A, most teachers are still really, really afraid to come out to their colleagues or to their students to, to just be uh, an, an example, right? Because why? Uh, what will happen? I think they are afraid that what might happen is it might affect their career progression. Mm. You know, it, they might not be treated fairly by others. And worse, if parents get wind of it, how it might be more difficult for them to exist in the system. Mm. So things might spiral out of control very, very quickly because there are no very clear guidelines about how this should be done, how, how queer teachers can be, and whether there's any protection mm. for them. It all seems very nebulous and very vague. Mm. Um, there, was an, there was a Straits Times article actually published in January this year that interviewed several gay teachers about their queerness in school. Of course, uh, using anonymous... No, they were all anonymous. Uh, and they all mentioned this fear. They all mentioned juggling what they can possibly do for their students by coming out and creating a safe space versus the backlash that they might get from all these conservative sources. So, the question that always comes up to my mind is why? Why are people so afraid of gay teachers? Like, what is the source of that fear? Yeah, what is the source of that Mm. fear? And I think there is this irrational fear that we are sexual deviants, you know, and uh, malleable children, children with all these, like, you know, uh, very young, impressionable kids, they need to be protected from our influence. And that by simply acknowledging who we are in words, by saying that, hey, I am a gay person, that just by doing that, we have the potential to convert our children. Of course, this is nonsense. Mm. Yeah, but there is this irrational thought that people have. Right. So if so, it's expected lah that we homosexual creatures need to do everything to desex and to neuter ourselves. There's this kind of irrational fear about children, sex, and frank discussions of sex. Right. Yeah. Like, never mind that actually queer teachers aren't going around talking about like sex all the of time. Of course not. Yeah. yeah. It's but that just like their existence emanates the kind of sexuality yeah, that exactly. So that's the fear, right? Which yeah. is so is so which is so ridiculous. Really bizarre because yeah. all my heterosexual colleagues can do similar things that also is around sex. Like talk about the relationships that they're in. Talk about mm. the fact that they're getting married. Uh buy a flat, you know, move different, move through the different stages of life, get pregnant, pregnant. Bring, their, uh, par- bring their partners to school sometimes, even integrate them into the school community. But all these things I cannot do easily. These mm. equivalent actions for queer teachers, no matter how innocent, is, like you say, like, very laden with sex. Mm. And it's difficult to just move away from it. So Leonard, it just means I can't be who I am. La, because these are, to me, very innocent Innocent things. Right. You know, like when I was in a long-term relationship, I remember um, bringing my partner to my previous school to help clear up my desk. And I was so afraid. That he would just like like burn into smoke. Is yeah, it? Like, su- yeah, suddenly like burst into musical theatre. So- <laughs> no, like, but it's just I was just very afraid that people would connect the dots. Mm. Like why is this other man here mm. helping you clear your desk? You know, but... but- oh, this is actually my... Um- <laughs> Yeah, this is my my oh my, my rent a my, rent my a rent, boy my rent um my rent a boy yeah. by which I mean I rent his services <laughs> for a day correct just to help me clean things only but then if like a a, 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 a heterosexual couple brings their partner to help clean nobody bats an eyelid like, oh is this your wife your husband mm. nice to meet you blah blah mm, blah mm. yeah it's just not a, a level playing field la. like one of the big fears in conservative circles is about this idea of conversion, right? Mm. That like the kids are all, all sexual grooming, mm-hmm. right? That somehow the kids are being groomed 
um, yeah. to be homosexuals to be to be sexualized at a young age. And I feel like is do you think part of the fear, irrational as it is, is also that just having openly queer teachers will just cause the queer students to gravitate towards them and like concretize their identities and be more you know and and to kind of like accept. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because that is essentially what it would yeah. do. It's about it's a positive thing, right? To have yeah. a space where queer students can. Exactly. Uh, exa- can you know can find assurance, can find solace, but to some people that's actually a bad thing. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, so, that's that's a, yeah. a perverse thing. The question yeah. here is why do kids gravitate so quickly to queer teachers? Yeah. Why do they seek them out? It's because it's not a safe space in school. They no. don't know who to go to. Mm. Their friends are bullying them, calling them names. Teachers don't know how to deal with this very well. Mm. Uh, some teachers have their own preconceived notions, so which also adds on to the burden of guilt that some of these students feel. Mm. So naturally, they will want to gravitate to a safe space. Mm. So if we create a safe space loud and proud in schools, mm. for example, in some schools where, you know, you have posters that say, oh, stop bullying, and then, mm. like you, and then it's just like a rainbow flag. You know, so it's very clear, like, stop bullying gay people. Let gay people be who Oh, is that be. actually a thing? No, it's not a thing, but oh, I'm just okay. saying that if, if, oh, if right. it is, if it is, let's say, in, like, international schools or whatever, you see that, then it stops becoming an issue because it's now out, out, in, the open. out in the open. Yeah. You have you have expanded the safe space. Right. You have made the violence more known. Right. So people will stop doing it. But also what it is, right, is I think queer students don't know that they can be out at school. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not just that they'll get bullied by other students, but it's, like, institutionally. Yeah. Like, is there a fear that there's something kind of wrong about it because all the signals that the institution is sending down? For sure. Yeah. And like, I remember growing up when I was in school, right, when 377A was still looming large, I did think, oh, is it okay for me to be out? It's not a great space for students sometimes, mm. I feel. so, and, and I get it why they seek certain teachers out, why they seek some safe space out. Like. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you understand why we're asking this question? Um, it's because there are some photos. Huh? Mm, yeah, I'm aware of the photos. Yeah, yeah the on Instagram, right? Yeah. Uh, so, just to highlight um, that social media actually is not private, uh, no matter how private your settings. No, I understand. Yeah. I think uh, I, I, I totally agree that, uh, that privacy is, is not 100%. Yeah, I get it. Uh, yeah, so were you aware that uh, actually this podcast uh, is going to be available to the public? Uh, of course, uh, that was the intention. It started off with something for our friends and whoever wanted to listen to us and we just blew up in a way that we didn't expect it. So people just liked us. Yeah, okay. Uh, and is there any uh, sort of like uh, revenue from the podcast? Um, no, Absolutely none. I was very careful about that. I don't make any money from the podcast. Okay. Uh, the Instagram page, uh, just to confirm, is uh, at T42 Podcast. Uh, T42. Uh, T42 Podcast. Correct? No, no, no. T42. Like T42. Uh, so for all these, uh, the Instagram and the podcast, uh, actually, have you prior sought approval from the ministry? I didn't think it would be necessary. Uh, most of the things that we talk about is not related to the ministry or the school or any policy things. And in the rare instance where we do talk about policy or school, uh, we usually talk about it from a balanced perspective. Balance, balance you say balance. Balanced perspective. perspective. So yeah, so when I looked at the code of conduct, I didn't think it was necessary for me to do anything of the sort. So you did not, uh, you did not uh, think it's necessary. Okay, mm. uh, and you uh, did not talk much about MOE policy and if do so, will be a balanced view. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can actually give you an example of, 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 of an instance like that if mm. it helps. Mm. Um, so in one particular example, we did an episode called called school and we invited a guest speaker down who used to be a teacher so it was joel this guest speaker and me and together we shared our perspectives on school now because uh, joel and this guest speaker had not been in school for a long time they had a particularly uh, dated view of what school was like so very top-down approach they thought it was still very difficult to talk about things and and maybe we can't approach uh we can't talk about you know very difficult subjects with students so I came in with my perspective to say that, well, maybe things are changing in schools. There are still some OB markers here and there that we need to be careful about with students, but there's more opportunity for us to communicate difficult topics and stuff like that. So this is an example of the balance perspective that I'm talking about. Lah. Another example... Uh, I can sorry, you mentioned just now, go back. Uh, even though there's uh, what? OB, yeah, OB marker. OB marker. So even though there are OB markers, like there's certain things that we can't talk about in the classroom still. So even though these things exist, students are encouraged to have discussions and these discussions are usually put forward to them in a balanced sort of way so that they have both sides of the argument. 
I think it's also worth saying that I make no mention of my sexuality on the podcast. Uh, no, no, no. Sexuality actually is not an issue to the ministry. Uh, uh, but promoting uh, will be a different issue, uh, just to be upfront. Uh, I want to say that uh, regardless your sexuality or what, uh, the ministry... Uh, you know, for example, ministry got other people with alternative, so-called uh, alternative lifestyle. We are aware of that, yeah. And actually, there's no effort by the ministry to so-called investigate uh, whatsoever. Uh, but uh, the issue actually uh, is more of things like uh, whether, you know, the picture on the Instagram is appropriate, uh, whether the officer is promoting the lifestyle in school, uh, and so on and so forth. Uh. Right, okay. Back to the town hall issue. Um, one of the LGBTQ uh, related questions that was asked, and again, I don't know who asked this. It was just sent to sent to me. It goes like this: okay? If you asked it, slide into your DMs, girl. <laughs> bet your heart. Actually, bet you're a lesbian. I think gay men don't ask these kind of I questions. Know, so I yeah. totally think yeah. so. Yeah. I, I I totally agree. Yeah. Probably a lesbian. <laughs> anyway, the question reads like this: With the repeal of three seven seven A, what is the ministry's approach to educators and colleagues who decide to come out at the workplace? How will MOE protect their interests when pressured? Will these educators have the same career prospect as heterosexual colleagues? Great question. Great, great question. Great question. It cuts through all the nonsense, yeah. asks the most pertinent, important things, uh, because that's what is foremost on queer educators' mind. Mm. Will I be shortchanged? Will I be left behind by coming out, mm. by just being who I am? Mm. However, the answer to this question, as reported by these anonymous folks who gave me uh, the question, right, uh, who attended the town hall, was actually quite disappointing. The senior management representative who took the question basically reiterated what was already said in the Straits Times articles that I mentioned, the article that uh, happened at the top oh, of the so year. Also, kind of like the ministry position that yeah. is expressed in the paper. Is the ministry so position. Just regurgitated it. It's regurgitating. Right. So they said that we need to be uh, respectful of individuals differences, preferences or lifestyle, policies and curriculum remain anchored on prevailing family values and social norms. Educators are expected to discharge their duties as role models uh, in accordance to um, uh, established norms of our society. What, what jumps out at me from the reply, which is based on ministry lines, as you pointed yeah, out. And also on the news, in the newspaper. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. this idea of prevailing norms? Yeah, yeah. I so like the answer was very like okay. We got to uh, anchor our curriculum in prevailing norms, mm. right? That means we got to reflect prevailing norms in mm. the classroom. Is what I'm hearing. Right? Yeah, and I'm like, what are the prevailing norms now that three seven seven A has been repealed? Mm. Right? It's like, is are not the prevailing norms that one should not discriminate against gay people at the workplace? So. You know, so obviously then people will point out, oh yeah, but we've also like got this new family thing, right? It's yeah. like basically when 3778 was repealed, I th- my reading of it was they swapped out that law mm. for this new kind of policy principle, which was family. Family-centered. So la. every all policy will be anchored on whether or not it is like... um beneficial for like the family unit or whatever right. which is kind of really bad shit crazy in its own <laughs> way, right? Uh. So I would understand it, I guess, if, you know, it were things like okay, we will not actively promote gay marriage in the classroom, mm, mm. right? Like, I don't agree with that, obviously, mm. but from a policy point of view, I can see how that's consistent. Yeah. Whether a, te- a gay teacher can be out at the workplace mm. and be promoted, yeah. because historically the case has been that actually there's a sort of like ceiling, isn't there? Well, uh, there, there, have been, there are queer people in upper management and everything yeah. it's just that they can't be out la. They, can't uh, be, they, they can't be out they can't be out yeah, yeah. yeah that though does not feel consistent for me yeah with the repeal and it's kind of like what it signals about the the, yeah. mo- the, the prevailing norms about society because what does my sexuality yeah. have to do with so my ability to do work right my only guess is that because it's in school mm. and it concerns children that's how it ties into this whole yeah. anxiety about family right it's like I think the idea that queer teachers exist in a school environment surrounded by children is potentially like toxifying the pool of children which is you know in this very perverse conservative imagination yeah. uh, a, a, a family issue yeah. right it's like what, what kind of values are being 
transmitted to students if we allow teachers to be openly gay at the workplace oh you know it's going to be like a kind of gateway drug to further oh my God. deviance it's going to it's frustrating eh? yeah. you know it's going to convert the children it's like so it's founded on these completely irrational ways of thinking about sexuality totally yeah. unscientific ways of thinking about sex. and and the thing is like none of this is being clearly outlined on a policy level yeah which you know, adds and, to the anxiety yeah it la. adds to the anxiety so, so you're not having a ministry going like actually what we believe is that having queer teachers in schools who are openly queer is going to convert the children promoting the lifestyle uh, it's promoting the lifestyle yeah, right? that's it that's it's it. like so like but that, that is exactly the logic that's going into it but they're not yeah. being open about that mm, logic because mm. if they were open about that logic you could debate it mm. and you could argue against it yeah. to a pretty convincing degree actually they are pretty open about it they, 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 and to, to the point that they will say oh we have nothing against gay gay, gay individuals we just uh, have issues with uh, promotion of the lifestyle because it runs contrary to our current social uh, social standing uh, social norm yeah, again I keep going back to this idea of the consistency with the policy principle mm, right yeah. it's like okay you have to show me how yeah show me how what you think promoting homosexuality Agree. looks exactly, like yeah. and show me how substantively whatever this promoting is contradicts whatever you feel, you know whatever you're trying to uphold about family yeah like show me your working yeah please <laughs> yeah. I want to see the working I want to see working because like if you're, go- if you're going to ingrain this in policy and affect people's livelihoods mm-hmm. right, please mm-hmm. uh, like can you outline your working a bit because Absolutely. like if not you're just you know what it, it, it just sounds like you're making policy decisions based on like irrational paranoid fears of deeply conservative people yeah yeah, yeah. It, it does feel like that and, and, and again to just spin a positive light on this like, and I don't know why I want to do it but it's just to provide a balanced view <laughs> <laughs> Balance bell, no, balance, balance bell, bell, balance outlook bell. Sometimes when this very insufficient, like I said this again, like this very insufficient, unsatisfactory lines come in, especially in times of change, and the repeal of 377 is a time of great change. It's because these ministries, especially like the Ministry of Education, where it's you know really involved in children and education, they're trying to mm. grapple with it, trying to find out, okay, what can I do? What can't I do? Who mm. do I speak to? So while all this is being sorted. Uh, let's not move any needle yet so let's just put out the lines but it does create deep unsatisfaction I hear that I hear that I understand that it's a transitional time Mm. yeah in my mind I'm like you guys should have sorted this out before announcing repeal yeah there should have been like an inter-ministerial task force yeah to decide what to do with the we're very good with task force eh? yeah but Mm. how come this one don't have yeah I don't Uh, know the the gay task force (laughs) it's like okay girls like what are we gonna what are we gonna do about the queer team Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the Instagram account, we actually printed out some photos. Do you recognize these? Right. Um, yes, yes, I do. I also want to say that I'm not ashamed of these photos. Oh, no, no, here, no, 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 no. It's, no, no uh, it's not. Let me just state, uh, let me just explain. Uh, the reason why we publish these pictures on Instagram is simply because we don't think there's anything wrong with them. The pictures are supposed to be fun, it's supposed to be clickbaity, they're supposed to be tongue-in-cheek, and together with the captions that's below the pictures, it's just supposed to be entertaining and tell like some silly story. It's literally just friends being goofy. So it's for entertainment. Uh. Okay. So, uh, you help me see this one. Uh. This one, you see this photo? The, you see the pose, uh, the pose in the photo. Uh. Yeah, don't you think that they are beautiful? Yeah, and things like this, uh, don't you think uh, a bit uh, suggestive, uh, this pose? Um, that's a telephone. Uh, oh, it's telephone. Yeah, it's meant to be funny. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, I don't, I mean, we are all men. Uh, huh? Last time, we all, before got go army one, we all also last time got do all these kind of funny things. Uh. So it's, you know, I'm not going to deny uh, that it's hilarious. Okay, sure. Only issue here is because actually people view you not as a man, uh, not as a boy, not as a friend, uh, but as an educator. So anyway, um, these photos, is it uh, taken outside one? And uh, who takes these photos? Is it like, uh, for example, like by a waiter? Uh, waiter? What, what, what waiter? Yeah, because you said you're outside, ma, so usually it's like waiter. Oh, take no, 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 no. It's... Some of my friends will take e- the e- pictures. One of my friends usually will take a picture of both of us. Okay, and uh, can you maybe just give some examples of maybe some example of like a venue uh, where you take the photos, for example, like a bar? You know, which bar do you take the photo? Uh, 
uh, I don't want to comment on that. It's too many. Actually, I, I have a question for you. Um, what is wrong with these pictures? Uh, because I'm still trying to figure that out. Mm, okay. Uh, maybe it's uh, from the ministry perspective is that the pictures uh, suggest uh, alternative lifestyle. Uh, but also the member of the public who made the allegation whom we cannot reveal because of protocol is trying to claim that the people who post the picture are trying to promote such a lifestyle la. Uh, And they further infer That this person Could have done so In school Right Okay So I understand Where you're coming from And I think You hit the nail On the head here la. You've used two keywords: Claims and infer um, I think These are just pictures And I am not Promoting Anything at all Especially in schools Okay uh, So just make a note here You are saying You do not Promote anything in school Yeah And I would like to state that Categorically Categorically Okay The, the response To that question Okay Was actually really Really difficult To listen to And it, in fact It is the reason Why I wanted to do This podcast mm. uh, This specific episode Is because It brought me to a very uh, Difficult time When we were being When I was being Investigated rather For this podcast I mean you remember For sure right mm. And my professional conduct was called into question. So just so just yeah. to remind, just to remind, remind, just to remind, 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 yeah. Cancel the um, great cancellation. Great cancellation because like this one lah, gonna yeah, me, gonna me. complain gonna all, <laughs> then gonna investigate, <laughs> and then like we drama have, Yeah, drama yeah. Uh. So yeah, like what Joel said, basically a complaint was lodged. Okay, um, against me for doing the podcast and I uh, should uh, about me talking about topics I shouldn't be talking about. Like uh, what are your your favorite shopping center? Yeah, favorite shopping center. Shopping center I cannot, I cannot. Yeah, Emily in Paris. Emily in Paris. Yeah. <laughs> Cannot Can't talk about my parents Cannot Your parents yeah. say no, no, no Cannot no, no. talk about my personal views About racism can't, no. can't, can't talk about that Even though we were Really Really ridiculously careful About it eh. About About what we put up like. There were times we We, we re-recorded whole episodes we, Times we questioned ourselves We said things that we uh, I, I was very careful about Saying certain things Or not saying certain things Providing yeah. a balance We were so and careful we were about it so careful also About never saying You were gay you Never know? We Six, even 65 episodes Alter egos. What was his whole, name? Uh? Um, <laughs> he go back to Malaysia. Right? Shit, Caleb, Caleb, <laughs> Caleb. We said Malaysia. We invented a whole ass character yeah, just so to deflect the game. Yeah, really, leh, really. Ah, yo. So <laughs> when the complaint was launched. <laughs> And investigation was done And questions were raised About my sexuality And my conduct around students All of which Any negative things about What I did around students Was baseless Okay, all of it is not true I want to say that huh? And Even though multiple assurances Were made That my sexuality Was not the issue Was not the issue here My experience of the investigation Going through it Made it clear that it was Definitely a feature That it was, <laughs> it was a feature <laughs> It was a feature <laughs> It's the elephant in the room. Yeah. It's it like, was oh it's, yeah yeah yeah. What's the smell? What's the smell? The gay smell, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was definitely a feature and a, a real important feature because it just kept coming up. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, at the end of the investigation, they made us take down the entire podcast. In fact, they gave us an ultimatum mm. to do this, and it was a pretty sad day for me. I thought it was just very upsetting, and but. After feeling sad about it, I remember feeling a bit empowered. Okay, I was like, throughout the entire investigation, I felt discriminated against on the basis of my sexuality. And I didn't feel that I had, was given the opportunity to talk about it uh, fairly. Mm. That, that's what I felt. Because it was just an investigation and then judgment came. Like, I was like, can we talk about this a little mm. bit more? So, yeah, so I, because of that, I wrote, when we were told to take the podcast down, I wrote a short email, or I wrote, I rather, I wrote an email, like, a very concise email, uh, asking for the decision to be reversed, and I stated my reasons why. Like, you know, I wasn't listened to, I felt discriminated against, and all of that. And also, there was this immense outpouring of support mm. by 
the online community, I think you posted something mm. on Instagram and people really were very sweet during that time. So No, they were pissed off. Yeah, okay. Yeah. They were pissed off and they were also very sweet. I also not. did my level best to um, add a certain kind of like uh, pungency yeah. to the situation. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's put it that way. It's one of my, one of my yeah. great skills. It like, is. don't mess with my best friend. Eh. It is. <laughs> don't mess with my best friend. I'm a playwright. The long and short of it was that we managed to, we were allowed to put the podcast back up. Except for the episode on school, which we took down. Mm. Yeah. So if you go and listen to school now, it's just one hour of static. Yeah, which is like my favorite way to mark censorship. Yeah. So some of you actually written in going like, hey, how come episode, uh, was it episode, don't know what, episode, I can't remember. Bro, episode, this episode is static. Is it, is it, is it spoiled? Uh? Is it corrupted? Ah, uh, this one you asked the Ministry of Education. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, actually, we have a representative from the Ministry of Education we can ask right now. Um, it's, oh. our, it's, it's our dear friend Esther from MOE.com. So hey. She's just been like hiding in my room for the past week in yeah. anticipation of us making Very cupboard under the stairs. Yeah, like. She's literally like uh, just crouching there right now. Do you have enough lukewarm water? Like Toyo like uh, <laughs> she, Yeah, she's the Toyo from MOE. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, uh, Esther, we refer all queries to your department, okay? Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Okay, thanks, Esther. Mm, yeah. Okay. <laughs> what hurt a little bit more for all this was that while all of this was happening, I was actually up for school leadership. So, I was being put up for school. I was nominated. And the process is like, you have to go for interviews. Then after that, you get shortlisted and all that sort of things. So, while all of this was happening, I was actually going for interviews. And in my mind, I was thinking, well... I don't know if this is going to happen because I'm being investigated, but I have to go through the motion of it because they couldn't, I think in good faith, just say, oh, sorry, don't come anymore. It, uh, would, just, it would just look very glaring. That, that's, that was my my point of view. It would look glaring personal. because why? Because suddenly I'm investigated and suddenly say, oh, stop, no need, we don't need you anymore because I was already invited to the interview. Because actually an investigation is not uh, an outcome, right? No, it's not an outcome. Yeah. 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 So they just, they, so uh, I went through the whole thing but I, and I did I did it to my level best, but Everything after that just kind of stopped. Mm. And I was also told, once the investigation settled down and everything and all, and my school leadership like progress stopped, right? I was also told that it will be very difficult for someone like me to be a school leader and eh? progress beyond this. Like you means what? Like me means what? Yeah. Cancer son. Cancer son. Cancer son. <laughs> uh, Marine Parade resident. Marine Parade resident. Marine yeah, Parade maybe, resident. maybe, yeah. maybe. Maybe that's East Coast Jersey. East Coast Jersey. No, Marine Parade Jersey uh, now. Former Simi resident. Former Simi resident. Uh, son of Kopitiam yeah, operators. Yeah, correct. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe that's maybe, it. Maybe, maybe, maybe uh, that's it. Yeah. But, so, this was a very cut and dry version of what happened. But living it for the period for the month uh, was not great I had wanted to be an educator since I was a kid and I see the classroom as this place of potential mm. no, as this place where we not only understand the curriculum and the content that needs to be taught but we appreciate each other you know it sounds very corny but I really 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 believe that because, because kids want nothing more than to be heard mm. and they want to hear other people they want to hear difference so for 10 years I've been in the system and I think I've done a pretty good job and I love what I do to have all of that and what I believe in by extension be called into question was very difficult to accept and it's not like I was dying to be a school leader or anything like that absolutely not but to think that my career progression is halted in part because I'm open and willing to be open about my sexuality makes it very difficult uh, to accept. Yeah, so that was that was uh, that was tough. Okay, so it was a public complaint, right, from a member of the public who compl- an anonymous member of the public who complained about you us making this podcast and you yeah. specifically being on this podcast. Yeah, and calling into question the propriety mm. of a teacher. Yeah, whether it's appropriate for me to do this podcast. Right. Uh, and talk and question my professionalism in the classroom, saying that I'm vulgar to my kids or whatever, which, which is which not, is not true, true. Absolutely not true. Yeah. Yeah. So all of that was called into question. So yes, I can see that. I I totally accept that. Sometimes I feel like I call this on myself. You know, like go like, who asked you to go and do this podcast? You already mm. know you are you are towing a line here. And yeah, I get it. You know, this I I did not think this was going to be easy, but in doing the podcast, my argument to that was I've tried my best to provide a balanced point of view. And if we want our kids to see how conversations can take place, how we can agree, how we can disagree, how we can do it politely and, 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 and in a civ- sort of civil way to understand each other. Why not let 
educators lead the way in doing this because our kids want to have discussions like that yeah but even on a very basic level right it's like if we open up the idea why 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 shouldn't a teacher be able to make a podcast with his best friend yeah like what 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 actually i would need approval which is the thing yeah which is which is because you're a public servant because i'm a public servant I, i i apparently what i say will affect how people view the public service you know which is a very big thing and mm. i get i get why people think that but i think a lot of what i say is also my own point of view and i'm very careful to 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 to, to close it as such like yeah. this is my personal point of view no for me it's a very specifically kind of like well not specifically singaporean because i think there are other places where this kind of tension between a public servant and public life mm. and the private you know there are there are these lines right but i think there's also this additional layer here of like uh, a lot of ambiguity and anxiety around free speech in general. Yeah. So it's 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 the sense that any speech you make in public, right? You have to be very careful about it. Uh, you know, and 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 because you don't know what the you don't know what the out bounds exactly. markers are, yeah, right? Yeah. And so it's like you know, in the in like a number of years I've been making this podcast, right? Mm. The one question I get when people talk to me about it is like, "Hey, your friend not scared, ah? Yeah, I get that too. Your, yeah, you know, your yeah. friend not scared to. It's like, why should why should one be afraid? Why should yeah? Why should I be afraid of this? Yeah. Like, why is my why is the immediate response from other public servants right? So if it's just like, hey, you better be careful. I've had that many times. You yeah. better be careful. Good. But why? So why so do you think so, that? So, okay, then they will say, oh, then you see, he cannot investigate. So it's true, lah. It's really correct. But then you know what the investigation revealed? It's not that. Like, uh, you were investigated because of a good faith report, right? Actually, mm. what the podcast stirred up was not like controversy. It was actually a person acting in st- with some degree of malice. I feel mm, mm. so. The the bad faith, the bad actor here was the person who complained against you, who yep. actually tried to sabotage someone's professional life. That's the person we need to be careful of. Agree. Yeah. yeah. Not not. Kishan, the public servant and who goes and makes a podcast with his idiot best friend. You know? <laughs> but you're, you're right. So when I ask, like, um, who, who do we know anything about this person? What will be done to this person? Because obviously the allegations are all not true. And libellous. Yeah, and, and they yeah. say, oh, we can't do anything about it because it's an anonymous tip. And if the person does make these allegations again, we will have to open up the investigation again. We have, mm. to, we have to be open up fresh. I'm like, what? That's very unsafe. This is, yeah, yeah, exactly how I felt. I felt unsafe. I felt unsupported. Mm. I felt that it was unfair. Because already this one-time person, this, this person has, uh, in the first instance, it's proven to just not be reliable. Yeah. Right? And then, again, it has to carry on. So, if this is the way this is going to run, then I will never feel safe. Lah. I will always feel like I'm under threat. So, actually, do you think there's any issues with this photo? Um, I understand why people might go to the wrong conclusions. Uh, but specifically for this photo of me in drag. Okay, so... The reason why I'm in drag is because Joel used to do uh, part-time drag performances and I was curious uh, as to the process of getting into drag. I was very interested. So I asked him, hey, uh, can you put me in drag so that I can just understand the process a little bit and appreciate what it takes to go through that transformation. Uh, in drag. Right? Yeah, in yeah. In drag. Just to see what he goes through in the whole process. And to be honest... After I've done it once, I don't know if I will ever do it again. It's a lot of work and it's very warm. And huh. But I can only say this now after going through it once and understanding what someone experiences. So, yeah, I believe you have seen Kuma's performance before, right? Uh, yeah, I have a number of times actually. I, I not, can't say I'm actually, a fan. Actually, I, I got to see him before in his raw form uh, one time in the Botanic Gardens. <laughs> Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, so, uh, back to the interview. Uh, have you discussed about LGBT or your sexual orientation to the students in school? Um, absolutely not. That is a hard no. If LGBTQ issues come up, or if students bring it up, it's always in the context of discussions that are already happening, and usually a balanced view has to be put forward, lah. Balanced view. Okay. Uh, have any students brought it up before? Yeah, in, in the context of a discussion, for sure. Um, like when 377A was repealed and all these things was happening, um, this students were having discussions for sure. But because of my own personal views and philosophy, I usually immediately excuse myself from the discussion and I will let uh, the other teacher, like the co-form teacher, handle it. Because I need to be honest with myself. Like, there are certain things... I don't agree with you know whether it's by the ministry or whether it's by whatever I just don't agree with and I can't speak about it at school so I just 
don't talk so about you, it. So it, which means that there are instances uh, where students in your class might bring up the issue, but your response you're saying uh, would be you cannot say anything. Yeah, I will just look at my co-form or another teacher in class and say, hey, do you have anything to contribute to this discussion? And if I disagree with what they say or with what the kids say, uh, usually I'll just keep quiet and move on or maybe I'll throw back a question, but that's literally about it. And usually it's, it, it, the conversation happens in the constraints of lines that we must say, which is unfortunate, but that's yeah, the way. But I think you understand the reason why such lines are given to the teachers. Um, honestly, to say that I understand is a no. I honestly don't understand I don't think it's fair that the entire that to explain away the entire LGBTQ community we just say a few lines I don't think this is a fair treatment um, so because I don't think it is fair like I said I usually steer clear from, from, from certain things like for example I don't teach sex ed as well mm. so th- that's another that's another reason so not fair to the community Okay. Uh, has any students actually uh, approached you about your podcast before? Yeah, for sure. And I ignore them entirely. So I, I usually say this. Okay, when they come up to me about the podcast and they say like, oh, I've heard, I've heard you, I've heard your podcast on on, on this and that, this and that. I usually would just ignore them. So you I, you ignore? Huh? I ignore you them. Ignore. I don't even I don't even acknowledge what they say, and I just immediately just go to the work I will say okay turn your books to this page this page I literally will ignore them yeah so you just proceed with the you proceed with the lesson yeah and they find it amusing because they know I will do it so sometimes they just find me to say this to just see me or listen uh, just have me react to them ignoring them it's, it's just what they want mm. so yeah. you so you ignore yeah I ignore them so this period in my life where I was investigated for the podcast and my professionalism was called into question and all these things right, was I mean to put it mildly it was a pretty tough time uh, it was a super horrible tough time and I was already going through something I was dealing slash not dealing with the emotional fallout from ending a long term relationship with a person I was going to talk, uh, I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with and then this other constant in my life the, the ministry mm. education being a teacher this thing that I thought was stable started to just subduct from right under me. Mm. Like, it just, a chasm opened up and I just fell through. So I had a conversation with our dear friend Pooja about it and she said, it's like I was grieving two breakups. Like, I was grieving a romantic breakup and I was grieving a professional one. Throughout the entire proceedings, it felt like uh, the ministry did not have my back at all. Like, they, they didn't have my interest at heart and they did not understand what it was for me to be a queer teacher in Singapore. Right, they kept saying like they have no problems uh, with an individual being a gay teacher, but then they they say that, uh, but they draw the line at the promotion of a lifestyle. Then to me, it's like, what what is promotion of a lifestyle? Is it when um, is it when a gay person talks about a restaurant meal they go out with their with their significant other with? Is it when they share for, yeah? Is it when they share holiday pictures with them overseas, or is it when they discuss the horrors of navigating our our housing system when we move in with our loved ones at thirty five? Is, is this promotion or is this just a gay person just trying to be happy and successful as possible as they can in Singapore? And is this happiness and success that a gay person puts out, is this threatening? Mm. You know, so it, like that then, how am I supposed to be me if I can't even just show this simple, innocent sides of myself that my heterosexual counterparts can? You know, so it was very exhausting when all of this was happening and this was this, these thoughts were rolling through my mind. So at the tail end of the investigation, when we were finally allowed to sort of bring the podcast back, I remember feeling pretty happy, pretty relieved because of what the podcast meant to me. Uh, but I also remember feeling a little bit vindicated. I was like, yeah, okay, great. You see, there's really nothing wrong. We're just having discussions. Uh, yeah, it didn't come with like a no vulgarity clause anymore, which really was very little off my back. Like, it, was, it was a small price to pay. Um, but I, I felt all of these good feelings. Unfortunately, I think these good feelings were all very marred, uh, very tarnished already because I lost a lot of faith uh, in the system from the perspective of a gay person. I didn't think it was going to be easy to exist in these frameworks, uh, in, in, in the, within the framework again, and uh, especially as an out person. So I thought I, I, I made the decision la, at the end of the investigation to leave the ministry and to start 
looking for a job elsewhere. So, yeah. Congratulations yeah. so and like, jubilation. <laughs> it's so very sad, but I think sad, it's la. the way forward. It is, it is. Yeah. yeah. So uh, fast forward a few months, send my CV here and there, write essays of application, la, do a lot of interviews. So I've managed to secure a position elsewhere and my last day with the ministry will be the July 21st, which is also Racial Harmony Day by coincidence. Oh, that is <laughs> so funny. That's so funny. It's like, oh, Racial Harmony is like, bye, bitch. <laughs> Done. <laughs> yeah, so that is my last day with the ministry. It's, it I am excited, um, but the circumstances the circumstances surrounding this has made this very bittersweet. Mm. Yeah. And I it's something that I think but I what's have the sweet to, part. What's the sweet part is it's always exciting to try something new. Uh. It's always exciting to move away and to try something new and to take what you have learned and to put it in a different place and to see what comes from that. So so I'm I'm trying to look at that positively, but the reason for my moving on to a new place is obviously bitter la. So mm. that's yeah, it's bittersweet la. Mm. So yeah, but I'm trying to um look at this positively. I'm trying to use this episode as a way to um, work through how I feel about the whole about the whole thing. Um and also I, as as a form of just recording it, as a form of just putting it out there. Yeah, that's and, really important. And saying that this was my experience, and yeah. I know at the end of the day. Um, and this this was actually my my greatest fear. Like people will come up and go like, "Yeah lah," but you call you really you really ask for it. Well, who asks you? We all say already. You should be careful. You should be careful. You should be careful. But I think that's not the main picture here. The main picture here is my experience as a gay person going through all of it mm. and experiencing what I did mm. and learning from that that we still have a long way to go to learn the vocabulary to learn how to support queer people queer teachers, queer students, to learn how to support just the queer community in, mm. in, in the civil service space, in the public service space. Yeah, so in, a lot in needs public to be done. life, yeah. in general. Yeah. Yeah. Even with the repeal. Especially with the repeal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. This is the work that needs to be done. La, and like, you know, it just sounds like they're not very equipped for it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, ho- I hope that things change. I hope that that over time, uh, these lines that we keep hearing that's very... Uh, unsatisfactory, right? I, I I hope that they are just placeholder lines because people are thinking about it. People somewhere are thinking about how we can navigate this space a little bit better. I really, really, really hope so. Not so much for the teachers, but more for the kids because yeah. the kids need need this space. The kids is so important that they have it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's I I really really believe that you know. Sure, you want to talk about family, you want to talk about the future of the children, you want to talk about what's good for children, you want to talk about what's good for the children's well-being. It's giving them teachers who are happy and fulfilled in the yeah. work that they do, who are allowed to be full human beings, and to show them what like adulthood could look like, to show mm. them, you know, what like being a good person could be, to show them like what being a fulfilled person could be. You know, I think that 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 is the kind of like benediction of education, which mm. goes so much deeper, I believe, than any of the subject com- of course, subject like matter. Yeah, yeah. It's the it's the, the kind of humanity that we show young Absolutely. people. And it's like what does it mean that like a, a a not insubstantial part of like the the teaching workforce is meant to kind of like hide themselves to have all this anxiety on their shoulders about whether you know every little thing from like how they behave to like how their voices sound to how they cut their hair to the clothes they wear to who they can and cannot bring to who they can and cannot be seen outside with yeah to their social media you know to their public life in general it really spills over to your private life it, yeah. you know and then it, I, you know this kind of anxiety and fear I've seen it work on people you know I've seen it you know kind of corrode them from the inside out, right? And I'm like, yeah. you know, what does it mean that we are showing, you know, this is what we're putting in front of our kids, yeah, right? Uh, so, even if you want to come in from the whole like, ah, you know, like, we got to protect the children thing, I think this is actually a lot more important than acting on these irrational fears that having a bunch of queers in the civil service, in the, in the education workforce is going to convert them, mm-hmm. right? It's like, let's really just examine what those fears are. Like, let's talk about them. Like, really outline those fears and engage with them. Like, you know, because yeah, I think... They, honestly, they, in an honestly, honest way. I think these yeah. fears crumble the minute you actually sit down with someone who's espousing them and mm. go, what do you mean? Yeah. What do you mean? What is the evidence you have of grooming or conversion? Like, what do you mean? 
mean? Yeah. Like, and where does your fear come from? And, you know, who are you? Yeah. I think it's really irresponsible to kind of like create this toxic environment for people, students and teachers, right? Based on, 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 on like a bit, a bunch of like conservative hand wringing, honestly. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's the hope. Like, I, 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 I hope that something will be done. Conversations will be had. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll I, see, I, 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 I hope so too. Yeah. I will be, I'll be, I mean, I'll be out of the system and I will be viewing from a distance. Mm. <laughs> from a distance. <laughs> so like for um, your colleagues, you know, the gay ones, uh, the queer ones who Hello. are still trapped in the system. Uh, you don't say trapped. Who are still um, <laughs> in the fighting system. the good fight in the yeah. system. Uh, yeah. Like what sort of like uh, words of advice do you have for them? Yeah. I mean, multiple don't make a podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe maybe yeah. no lah but multiple levels here first is like don't see me as going away quitting as like oh this is the end stage of everything like this is this is where everybody like that ends up mm. I mean this is a very personal decision mm. because a lot has happened in in my life in the past two years that I think I, I need to take care of myself mm. I need to be in a place that is generative for me that is creative that is this good and uh, this is very much a personal decision. Mm. Yeah. If if circumstances were slightly different, even with what has happened to the podcast and what has happened to my professional career with the ministry, I might have stayed on. Sure. But it's just very personal. For those who are in it and find uh, in the system still and find it very difficult to be in the system, I think that's just it. Lah. Take care. F- fundamentally remember that you are there for the kids and you are there to create this environment for the kids that helps them grow, that helps them appreciate each other, that helps them understand who they are as people. And I think if you, whatever you teach, as long as you remember that and you put that first, I think everything else sort of just falls into place. Mm. And if in your doing that, you find yourself struggling, then remember that the only person who can also take care of you is you. So also don't forget yourself in this struggle because I think teachers tend to do that. Mm. Teachers tend to be selfless things. They tend to really put themselves ahead of everyone else that they forget who they are. Like sometimes I forget to eat eh, the whole day. Mm. So I think also take care of yourself emotionally. Make sure you are in a safe space as you do uh, what you need to do to protect your kids and to help your kids grow Mm. as human beings. Yeah. And keep asking questions at the town hall. Ask. <laughs> yeah, ask Keep questions. asking these annoying questions. Just literally, I think ask. There's no harm in asking no, questions. No, and then ask follow-up questions. Ask, uh, confirm. Uh. Ask follow-up questions. Prevailing norms means what? Yeah, prevailing norms means what? Why? Yeah, why? Uh? Excuse. Don't repeat already. Yeah, correct. Family. Hey, like, don't, don't, not, not kenal leh. What's happening? Uh? What's happening? Uh? Uh, yeah. Upvote. Yeah. Upvote the question. Up- <laughs> yeah. Hmm... <laughs> So anyway, uh, Kishan. Uh, uh, the, my name is Kishan. Oh, sorry, Kishan. I mean, uh, the problem here is more actually people and their interpretation uh, or what you put out in public. Uh, right. Okay, then. To be blunt, uh, I can't control people's perspective. It feels like then I could do anything and everything and someone could interpret it in any way that they want. Even if I'm doing something harmless and I will be in the wrong. Like, for example, look at these photos. To me, these photos are harmless these photos are fun most of my photos look like that anyway but they could be open to negative interpretation and because it's open to negative interpretation i then have to be careful about what i do all the time so how is this fair how am i supposed to live my life i mean actually for these photos uh i think generally we are not too concerned our ministry is not too concerned okay uh but it's uh, the podcast uh because the podcast it touch on policy or LGBT LGBT this kind of thing uh. actually generally ministry point of view is nothing wrong the only problem is that people might think you are promoting it uh. Uh, so it's actually all inference okay uh, so that one is one thing but racism this kind of thing uh, uh, because uh, these are considered so-called national security issues racism is uh, yeah but these are my lived experiences yeah but if you are talking about this kind of thing in public but I talk about it to my students in the classroom as well so what is the yeah, difference like provided like students in the classroom are supposed to be talking about this kind but of thing but these are current affair issues okay let's mm. talk about the racism okay. thing why can't I talk about racism okay so 
if it's a racism issue in the classroom setting whereby the current affairs are they're supposed to be talking about it in the classroom okay then that's no issue but if like for example for no reason uh, you brought it up in the classroom when you're teaching like chemistry or what uh, then maybe it's a yeah like yeah i agree that would be a bit strange i wouldn't do that yeah because some people actually might take it that you are trying to be divisive huh? uh, i understand but in the context of the podcast racism was brought up in relation to something that already happened so we were talking about and we were talking about it in class as well because the students wanted to bring it up because it was a current affairs issue okay but the issue is uh, frankly speaking uh, more of a uh, stirring uh. it's a uh, stirring uh, as we use it in very general terms it actually doesn't matter which way you stir good side or bad side uh, it's to consider uh, that's very unenlightened for an education ministry yeah, I think but that's the viewpoint of the ministry and that's unfortunate then how we yeah, that's, that's discussions? the ministry current position uh. so for example if you want to do any podcast or such thing it's good you get some approval first. that's very disappointing <laughs> okay I, I have no say in that I don't represent the ministry on the viewpoint on this thing I'm just here to inform you on how things work uh. okay it's just disappointing yeah. So basically Anything that is about policy So even if a newspaper article mm. Came out on some policy And mm. I'm just reading off mm. From the newspaper article Word for word What mm. is the issue? The, the issue is you do podcasts That makes no sense No the issue is the podcasting So it's basically controlling Who can say what lah I wouldn't say controlling You can talk about uh, anything uh, Under the sun Except for things related To the ministry you're working for National security and stuff like so that So I can talk about Whatever I want yes. Except yes. for public policy yes. And what happens if Joel talks about public policy and I'm just there to listen and ask questions? Mm, then it's uh, better you not be present. Uh. 